In episode three of Dr. Spencer's podcast, he visits the oral history class at Sierra High School. Listen in as you'll hear about some of their projects along with their ideas about improving education and embracing the family atmosphere at their school. So we are here to have a conversation with the oral history class here at Sierra High School. I do wanna give everyone an opportunity to just go around Tell us your first, your last name. Tell us what year you're in. And then we'll get engaged in the conversation. You want to kick us off? Uh, my name is Christina Hernandez, and I am a senior. I'm Kiana Crawford. I'm a senior. I'm Amaris Gaylor-Hill, and I'm a sophomore. I'm Darlene De La Cruz. I'm a sophomore. I'm Deja Brascom, and I'm a senior. I'm Vince Delio, and I'm also a senior. I'm Maria Robards, and I'm a senior. I'm Lucas Ockletree and I'm also a senior. So we have quite a few seniors in the room with us. So although when we get to the question about, well, what can we do to make your learning experience better? I hope we've already done that. But I want you to answer it from the perspective of the sophomores and the freshmen and the juniors who are still here who will have to continue on next year, okay? So I just want to open it up with, tell us a little bit about that project that you guys are working on in your, in your class right now. Me, Maria, and Esmeralda are working on the roller derby project. Yep. And Maria is pretty much the head of it, so I'm going to let her introduce the topic. So for our roller derby, this was introduced to me by our oral history teacher last year. She did roller derby. She was our AP teacher. She really helped us. She wanted to start this program off, and so we did our own thing at first, and she introduced this project for us. Um, our topics for this project are how does roller derby impact people socially, psychologically, um, and physically. Okay. So, as you, if you think about your teacher and your teacher participating in roller derby, you I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have thought that my teachers would be engaged in roller, ther roller derby, which makes them a diverse individual. Talk to me a little bit about the psychological impact of engaging in roller derby, and then also the other things that teachers do in their lives. Uh, psychologically, a lot of interviews that we have done uh, with people who are in roller derby have been all across the country, so a lot of our interviews have been over the phone. We did have one in person, but mainly over the phone. And what we found out is that for them, it makes them not just a team, but more of a family. They have what they call derby wives, who are like, nowadays what people call like, your BFF, like best friend forever. Like uh -huh. that's how they are, you go for them for anything. Uh, it's a really close-knit community. Um, a lot of them, do it for fun. Some of them are in actual um, leagues and they compete. We went to watch a derby game actually and it's, it's, it's actually really entertaining and nice to see that there are many different people of different backgrounds and ethnicities and different body weights. Like you can find someone really, really skinny but they're blocking off like the biggest person and yeah. everyone works as a team and even if you're on the opposing team you don't hate them or anything else like you don't have like a big rivalry like you still love them yeah 
So you you mention uh, um, an aspect of roller derby that lends itself to having a sense of family. And when I think of your campus, I think of you guys as having a sense of family because you have pretty good school spirit. Talk to me a little bit about it before I get into the rest of your projects. Talk to me a little bit about what brings about that sense of family at Sierra? What makes Sierra a family? It's definitely the diversity and the communications and the acceptance here that makes it the community that it is. Everybody here does like we are one of the least judgmental schools I've ever been I've ever stepped into. Um, a lot of our transfer students say that we have a lot more of an accepting culture and just the area around it and the like feeling and the, the vibe in the air is just a lot more calm and it's a better environment for the students really. Yeah, you guys are pretty unique in that aspect. Who else want to add to that? What makes it a family? Um, I feel like we all want a change for Sierra because uh, like um, everyone outside of Sierra knows Sierra is a bad school so we all, everyone in Sierra wants to have a great reputation. And you know it's interesting when you mention um, people outside of Sierra thinks that it's a bad school and for me, and I'm not saying this simply because I'm the superintendent, I say it because this is just what I believe about kids and about scholars. I don't think there's a such thing as a bad school. I think that sometimes people make bad decisions, but that doesn't only happen here at Sierra, that happens across the entire world people make bad decisions. And I think sometimes when those decisions are made, we as adults, we can attach a label to people who have made the decision. And when we attach the label, we never give a second chance, which in my opinion is unfair because that's not how life works. If I were to ask anyone in the world who has made a mistake, everyone would raise their hand because we're imperfect people. So if we make mistakes, I believe that we should have the liberty to be able to correct that mistake. And sometimes as adults, we don't always allow that to happen, which is unfair as adults. Who else want to add to that? Nobody? So tell me about your project. Um, so my project, I'm working on um, Voice of the Dreamers. This is the DACA project I'm with. Christina, Maris, and Galen. And our project is the new project of the year. Um, it happened after, um, during the walkout that was sparked due to some of the political actions that were made this year. Um, and due to those responses from the student body, we kind of put this together to be like a voice for those who weren't being heard. And so like, as we were talking about family earlier, like, I feel like that, like the community here is what sparked the new project to come about and just grow in its importance to everybody around us and not only just inside Sierra, it's also reached to Harrison. Yeah. Um, it's starting to ripple out in a way. So yeah, that is our project. That's a really neat project. And as you talk about like the impacts of how do we make decisions and how do we make policies about people and about groups of people that are in our country and in our world. What are some things you think we as adults need to start paying attention to? I believe that 
if adults took the moment to listen to the younger generation, the generation that has been seen as ignorant or seen as lacking understanding or lacking the idea of like what truly problems are, I think if adults took the moment to silence their own voices and heard what we had to say, then we would be able to really tell like, hey, this is the problem. It's not a drug war that has begun to extinguish. It's not a alcoholic problem that was so big all so long ago. Like, for my generation, it was cyberbullying. Like, cyberbullying was like the biggest problem and nobody really heard about it until the suicides began to just change and really catch the attention of the public. And I think if you just took the moment and just listened to what students of DACA, the younger generation, the generation coming up and trying to speak are saying, then that would truly be the change for not only America, but for many other places around this world. And it may start small in Sierra High School, it may start even smaller. That is just my personal opinion. I think if you took the time and listened to you, truly sat down and had a conversation, turned off your voice and just listened and heard our problems and heard our challenges and what we face as an everyday lifestyle, then that would truly be when the change started because that would be the ripple effect. That would be the pebble within the pond. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And that's hard for us, as adults, including me. Yes. It's hard for us as adults sometimes to just shut this and open these. And God gave us two for a reason. Yes. We should listen twice as much as we talk. I agree. What are the other projects you guys are working on? So Deja and I, um, we're working on the Air Force Academy project, which is a project based off the struggles of incoming cadets and people who want to better themselves through the military and while also benefiting from education. Um, we're focusing on the struggles of going in, the struggles of staying in, and you know the hardships and you know the mental capacity you need while you're in school and while you're about to go into it and then the whole hardships after it. What, what are you finding out about the hardships? Like what is it that's causing someone who goes to the Air Force Academy to have those hardships? So most of it I, I have uh, seen or, or heard about is um, a lot of it's a lot of it's academic so it's like testing and staying up with all the homework and the notes and this and that because unlike other schools like there's schools where bullies um, are a thing but here at the, uh, at the academy it's not because everyone's there and it's uh, like Sierra it's a giant family and they have a lot of school spirits and they're all fighting for the same thing and they all want the same thing so they work together versus trying to tear each other down. Okay. Okay. So the family aspect, it, again, I'm hearing that as a common theme throughout. Can I shift gears or is there another project that I've missed? I can shift gears? Yeah. They're shaking their heads at me. <laughs> <laughs> so to shift gears about, like, Sierra, your school, what is it that you guys are doing at your school that makes your school a better place? So if I were a young person that was coming to come to high school, like, what would be your conversation with me that would convince me to want to come to Sierra? 
Well, unlike in the past, um, in the past year, it was looked down upon. It was, um, like it was said, uh, it was labeled as a bad school, and it wasn't really that academically great. But over the past couple of years, it's changed over time, and we've won some awards. You know, we were looked at at one of the top schools, and our principal is pushing those AP classes at us and pushing us to our potential. And um, they, he wants us to achieve that. He has high expectations, and we're all hitting those expectations. Expectations and everything is just we're improving as a class each class good so our grad our last senior year they all graduated in this senior year we're trying to beat them and then the senior are after us will try to beat us and it's just a whole competition while also improving ourselves good good and 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 I know that you guys will continue to try to outperform the class before you which is what you're supposed to do and you're going to work hard to make sure that you do that. But as a student who attends this school, like, how do you create, how are you a part of creating that family atmosphere or that family environment? Because it takes more than one person to make that happen. It takes everybody to make that happen. But what role do you play in making that happen? Showing up with the right attitude, it makes the difference yeah. here at Sierra. And every student that does it, even the students that show up having the worst days, they're still supported by the students having great days. And we're all here for each other, to support each other through this stage in life, pretty much. And I think that's our role, honestly. Because okay. okay. we all have bad days, right? If I were to ask everyone who had a, who has had a bad day before, who? I'd have to put up both hands because I've had some bad days before. But it goes back to how do we support that? I think about my own personal family. They have bad days within my family, but simply because they have bad days, I don't stop loving them. I don't stop encouraging them that tomorrow will be a better day. That's what you do as a family. What else? What are some... I want you guys to okay. talk to me. What are some things you guys are doing? So what's something we, wait, can you rephrase the question? Sure. What are some things that you're doing personally that's contributing to that sense of family for your school? For me, especially last year, carrying it over this year, I try to make myself as a young role model and I try to like um, share kind of who I am and not being afraid of who I am so other people can be kind of like me, you know, because I feel like, especially now, people are very, like, shut off on who they are. They don't want to really, they want to change for other people, but I like, pe I like to show my, how do I explain, I can't, I keep, oh. You like to show who you are yourself. Yeah, and going back to the role model thing, um, back on my freshman year, um, a lot of people, were, of course, you know, they, it's their freshman year, they're like, oh, well, this is a new school, so new rules, you know. I tried, okay, <laughs> I'm not good, I'm no, sorry. you're doing well. I'm trying, okay. Going in as a freshman, I heard participating and being active in the community is probably the best thing you can do. Since then, I've been trying my best to, like, join plays or sports or, like, do extracurricular stuff and now I want to encourage people to try doing those exact things no matter like if you're a freshman or if you're a senior I feel like you being active is probably the best thing you can do because if anything you want to leave a voice you want people to remember who you are you want to kind of let other people look up to you and 
get what they can from you, pretty much. Yeah. So. Well said. I, that's leaving your legacy. You want people to remember what you've done, not necessarily who you are, but what you've done, because that, that's what makes a difference. Who else wants to add to that? You want to add something? Well, including the prep rallies to get our positivity up as a school, we do like just the positivity in each grade level, in each classroom. It just like brings up spirits of everybody, no matter who you are. Um, see what else I think pushing yourself as well like you know oh like oh I got a C minus in a grade but if you like are in a sport you want to push it up so you can participate so it's just going back to positivity again yeah I have a great example of that actually just today in my third uh, fourth period English class uh, we're reading inherit the wind and I played Reverend Brown and so me being the person I am I spoke in this heavy accent and he was yelling at the top of my lungs like the black pasture I wish I could be <laughs> and then um, but that positivity just spread to every other student who was playing in the roles because beforehand students were just reading the text and trying to get through the story but after I stepped in and played my part everybody got really into the text and really engaged with the class and everybody spoke on the people lines yeah. and the class activity was out was outrageous today yeah. and living I'm pretty sure character. it made Miss Malucci really happy yeah living the character that's what actors do they live the character they become the character and it helps you to sympathize and empathize with people which I think is the beauty of diversity and the acceptance of diversity I don't have to be like you I don't have to look like you I don't have to act like you I don't have to talk like you I just accept the beauty that you bring and you accept the beauty that I bring and it's just such a beautiful world when it's that way I think it's such a beautiful world when it's that way. So who else has something to contribute about something that you guys have done here at your campus? Don't be shy. <laughs> we have our FAFSA nights and the college application nights um, all spread out throughout the year to band the seniors together and try to help them move on to the next step. There's uh, plenty of activities after school like um, Amira's brought up. We have our plays and sports activities that everybody gets really excited for. Um, the basketball tournament that we're in right now, our school spirit is through the roof. And overall, it's just been great. It's been great. What's been the challenge? Yes, ma'am. I think for sophomores, since we have freshmen, the freshman academy, so that we can adjust. Since we've gotten to sophomore year, it just all came at once really fast. So we have a whole bunch of work and we're not used to it. Yeah. I think that's why. So the transition from freshman to sophomore has been a challenge. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of had like our little space freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one that you'll really have to help us fix and figure out. Um, the goal behind the freshman 
Academy was to support the transition from eighth to ninth grade. But now it's like a new transition that has been created that was unintentional from ninth to 10th grade. So you have to help us to figure out like, how do we make that possible so that it's a smoother transition? I think you should incorporate all freshmen with the high school and have separated halls instead. We have a math hallway, we have a science hallway, we have a history hallway, we have a English, English hallway. hallway. There it is. And then we have the elective hallways like, throughout the school. I think that would be the better option at this point. So that way it's not a, it's two transitions, it's a one transition, you get over it. And it's a lot easier to like separate the classes this way now. Okay, okay. What's another challenge? You guys are actually there. Truthfully, it's gonna be all of school. <laughs> all four yeah. years. <clears throat> the thing is, we're challenged by teachers and we're challenged by our administrators every day through the four years of our high school. But it's because if we're not challenged and if we think everything's easy, we're not actually learning anything. So all four years is challenging. And due to this, you know, we all have troubles and it's all different for everybody. It's, you know, the whole balancing school life with your free time and or work, you know. But all of school itself is challenging, especially due to the fact I think last year, Dr. Griffin started pushing AP classes a lot harder on the students and he was like it's going to be a, a requirement for a lot of students and so most most of the senior class have AP classes Good. and a lot of them pass the AP test and it just pushes us and even though we do get a lot out of it it's still a lot challenging to us but due to the fact of all the support from the students around us we're able to push through it together um, no one's really alone here at Sierra so the challenge it's there but it's not noticed due to the fact we have all this help. So what I hear you say is the challenge has evolved into an opportunity, which yes. is good. Especially in like the community and area that we're in, yeah. who are faced with more challenges than say people from Castle Rock or yeah. Denver face. Yeah. And so we overcome that here by giving ourselves more challenge in a yeah. way. Is how I, I think Dr. Griffin sees it. And by this pressing of this challenge, we've advanced so fast. Yeah. And like last year, I think we doubled our passing rates on the AP test. Yeah. And um, we had an outrageous amount of scholarships. Yeah. And so I think Sierra overall is evolving into a different challenge in itself. That's right. All you have to do is provide opportunity and access and people will make a world of a difference with that opportunity and access. So you made a point of, we don't necessarily look like Cherry Creek or Denver. I say good. You don't wanna look like Cherry Creek or Denver. <laughs> you wanna look like Colorado Springs. Cause you aren't Cherry Creek or Denver. And when I think about your school, I think about my school. We ha I had the same colors, maroon and gold in high school. My high school was called Southern High School, which begins with an S, not quite Sierra, but it was Southern High School. In Baltimore City, we didn't have a good reputation either, but it was about doing what was best with the opportunities that you had. Again, it goes back to sometimes we as adults, we get a certain perception based on an action and we don't let it go.
It's the craziest thing in the world. I know it makes absolutely no sense, but we do it. We do it. I wish we wouldn't do it, but unfortunately it, it happens. But we still have to push through, even through that. Have to go back, go back to looking at how do we take a challenge and make a challenge an opportunity, regardless of all of the other noise that could be out there. Because there's gonna be noise out there. No matter what you do in life, there will be noise. There's noise in Cherry Creek. There's noise in Denver. There's noise in Cheyenne Mountain. There's noise in Academy. There's noise everywhere. Because people are everywhere. And that, that's life. It, it really is, it's life. So, the next question that I have is, what can we do better in our district? I don't like hall sweeps. You don't like who? I don't like hall sweeps. You don't like hall sweeps? Yeah. It, hall sweeps. I, yeah. I've never got that. Hall sweeps I make us more late than we already are. Yeah. Because we have to go back down there, we have to get a pass, and we have to come right back up, and that takes at least like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's honestly so discouraging for most of the students. Uh -huh. Like, first period, you get there. 20 seconds late, the teacher shuts the door in your face. And then, and then it just makes you want to go home. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to do that. I, I want you to go yeah. home. Yeah. So can I make a proposition for you guys with regards to hall sweeps and anything else that comes about that happens in your school that you may not necessarily like? And I want you to think about this from the perspective of as you go throughout life, because that's going to exist as you go through our life. When situations occur that you don't like, develop something that will work better and make that proposal. Does that make sense? Yes. So even when you find yourself engaged in college, you get into a job or whatever, when you don't like something or you think, mm, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard or seen in my life, <laughs> don't say that actually say, you know what, have we thought about doing X and make your proposal and sell it because I think that this could give us a better outcome from what we're trying to accomplish right now and it could work in this way. Does that make sense? And we all, the way you're feeling right now, we all feel that way. <laughs> we do. There are things in life that happens that we'll say, that's just dumb. Who thought of that? <laughs> But we don't want to approach it that way because we might turn people off and they won't listen to the proposal. And what else? I spoke to my counselor about it and I was telling her that I think it was elementary school. We had this paper in the office for when we're late and it says to put our name in the grade and why we're late because sometimes the bus would make us late so we'd have to write it down. And I know like they probably don't care what our excuse is but at least they know why we're late. Like our car has problems. We walked. We had a problem with like the street light or something. Yeah. yeah. So, cause then when we have the pass, it just says an excuse. So it looks like we just wanted to be late. Right. Yeah. Right. That and that also it also provides like more of a connection because like everybody says like there's a difference between like your professional life and your personal life. But at the same time, people still like to connect. So it's like when you can like explain, okay, like I was running late this morning. And I was running late because I was having car troubles. 
Like, it's the truth. Like, my car didn't want to, like, start, and you know what? Life happens. Yeah. So when I can just sit and say, okay, I had car troubles. Like, I'm sorry. Like, life is not going to be perfect for me. Life is going to throw me curveballs left and right, and I'm either going to have to bat or I'm going to have to duck. Right. And today was kind of a day where I just had to duck. Right. And, like, trying to just go and, like, okay, get my slip and get to class, and then, like, already know, like, okay, I'm, like, running late, I got to hurry, hurry, like, I got to get my education. Like, when you can put out that, like, not so much like that personal, but that human connection, yeah. not only do you get to build relationships with your teachers, but you also get to build relationships with those around you, your community. You also get to build yourself. That was, like, my main reason for coming to Sierra. My old school, I had no teacher connection. I would walk around the school. My teachers didn't know my name. Like, they would grade my assignment and throw the paper back at me. That was my, that was what it was. When I came here to Sierra, I, they called me by name, they looked me in my face, they treated me like I was actually an individual in the classroom, right. in the seat, learning the information. They worked with me, gave me hands-on instructions if I needed it. Like, that is like the personal connection you get here. And that is something like, is strong and it's like, it's building. And it's like, it's an important thing. I kind of have a counterpoint to that, like the whole reason, justification for the tardies. I think that's more of a stem of we need a more personalized system in general. We are a very like, personal school and we have a lot of connections with our teachers and most of our admin, but to say like the front office ladies, we're just another name. And to like security, we're just another person. We're just another search. How can we, how can we change that? That would be another discussion for a different day. That would take about another, at least 40 minutes. <laughs> I really want you to think about ways in which you can change that and make that proposal to your principal. Because when I hear family, I hear inclusivity. I hear all. But what I just heard from you was not all. Well, most of the admin, like say Dr. Griffin over here, is very personal with his students. Yeah. I applied to Adams State today and I got an immediate congratulations from him by name, yeah. gave him a hug, yeah. and it was a very, it's a very personal connection. And most schools you don't get that, I understand that, but I would like also a more personal connection with yeah. all of our admin, you know? And I agree, I agree, and I think it's possible, uh, that's why I say have that conversation. Think of some things that can be done so that you can have that conversation with your principal so that you can figure out ways in which it becomes all. Because when you're having a conversation with someone, I know for me, if I'm having a conversation with someone and they aren't making a connection with me as a person, they don't have to necessarily know me personally. I get that. But they do have to connect with me as a person. And if they don't connect with me as a person, I don't want to engage. I disconnect. And I'm assuming that other people would do the same thing, would disconnect. And that's the piece that we don't want you guys to do. We don't want you to disconnect. Because if it's your family, do you want to disconnect from your family? Not really. No. Some of them sometimes <laughs> do. But for the most part, no. We want to really embrace our family. And we want to stay connected with them.
What else can we begin to work on as a district? This, oh, wait, what are you gonna say? Okay. I was gonna say this issue doesn't bug me as much as it did in my freshman year, but I feel like teachers should really Oh, let's incorporate different types of learning styles into their lessons. Oh yeah. Because it, I'm gonna use examples from my freshman year because that's that was where I experienced. Um, in most of my classes, I'm more so of a visual learner. I can't really just be forced to say, "Hey, write this," or "Hey, write this down," and know what's going on, or like, see. I have to like visualize it so I can understand it a bit more. And I remember even last year, I had. Oh my. Um, we never really had any like activities or like visuals. It was just read this, write this down, read this, write this down, copy this, put it over here, and then do the same thing. Um, because I feel like not everyone learns the same, not everyone is the same as a person or in general. So mainly just kind of incorporate visual, audio, and. Um, yeah, just be very personalized, at least, or if you are going to write it down, at least ask everyone if they need help or something like that. Just something small, if it has to be. Make learning fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nobody's going to want to learn if it's just boring, boring pretty much. <laughs> That's even with teachers, you know what I mean? Right. That's with everybody. I agree. I agree. You had something you wanted to share? Uh, yes, to jump off of that, I would love for teachers to have more uh, freedom to teach. Uh, in my historiography class, we don't really have a set curriculum. It's more of like, we, we go over like time basis and it's whatever the teacher wants and he asks us like it, what we want to do with it too. And we do it, like for now we're doing um, Abraham Lincoln, but before that we were we watched the movie Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, we he gave us projects on it. Mainly we would just write essays, but he wanted to give us more freedom with this. And with that, we had posters being made. Uh, people still did essays. Some of them acting out and doing like short little skits of them, and it's uh, more fun for that. I know. In other classes, we have standardized testing, and they have certain things that have to be taught. That's a whole other big issue, but I feel if more teachers had freedom, they would be able to incorporate the creativity that they want to, which would help students engage more. Because for us, I feel like it's more of just routine. We already know that they're just teaching us to get ready for a test. That's all they want us to do. Get ready for this test, get ready for this quiz, this CBM. Like, we're kind of tired of it, and we want things that are more fun, especially with AP classes. Again, we're being taught just for that test, and in my last year AP West class, I know he wanted to teach more about a topic. He wanted to teach a, he wanted to teach about this other topic too, but he couldn't because he needed to teach us stuff about the test. Yeah. We we can make it very rigid. I agree. Um, we can. I would like to elaborate on that. Yeah. Um, yes, we are being teach like that, and then eventually, if you're um, like sometimes if because for me if I keep on getting taught that same way and the whole they just got to get it in me and because they read the tests are coming I eventually start to tune out some stuff like it just because I keep hearing their voice and saying that how I need these notes and how I need just these 
need to learn this stuff specifically because it might just be in the test. I eventually started tuning them out a bit, but then, and I don't know how that's helpful. Like, I start tuning it out. What am I, how am I supposed to learn if that starts happening? Because the learning experience is boring and it's not, not fun. We, we just are given a packet, we have to learn all that. We have to fit, put in the information in the packet and then that's that. But how does that help us? Now I don't have all the answers, <laughs> so I can't say that I do. I, I can understand where you're coming from and there are some slight adjustments to perception that I have, but I do understand. Touching back on uh, what Christina and Maria were saying, like it's kind of like you're just teaching us how to take a year. You learn how to take a test and it's like, it's similar, like when you teach a dog to sit, the dog will sit on command. You teach a student to take a test on command, they will sit and take the test on command. They may not process the information as well though. They will sit and they will bubble in their little sheet, they will write whatever answer you need them to write, they will do it. And it's like, you don't get that full understanding, you don't get that full experience. Like, on the Historiography class, because I take the same class as Maria, it's probably my favorite class ever. Because not only do I get like free will to express my own creativity, I learn the content much better, I don't have to stress about tests. My teacher is constantly talking with us. He's always like, hey, let me know what you need so you don't have to stress, you don't have to worry. Like, that is probably the biggest, like, support system, the biggest, like, breather you can ever get is when, like, oh. your teacher tells you, what can we do to help you not stress? Because when you have us focusing on tests and just all the other things out there that in life when you truly, like, step out of school, it's not going to be a factor. You're not going to take a test every day of your life, every three weeks, every quarter. You won't do that. You go and you experience life and you learn. You have to learn that free will to control the creativity. You don't get that when you have classes set up to where it's just a test. And if you ever look up the poem, Solly Speaks, he is a wonderful poet who talks on the difference between an exam and like education and he just brings up all these different things and different topics and like expressions on like education as a whole and truly learning instead of just being in an institution. One of his favorite lines, like one of my favorite lines that he says, education is the key but school is the lock. And it's because of the way the school is set up, like testing, like the way it's just sometimes it's a drill sergeant. Like you get up, you do your stuff, get out. Like that would probably be like that's probably one of the biggest things I feel needs to change because I feel when you actually like take a moment listen to your students and help them to express the creativity you don't slam that test on them because nine times out of ten when you put all that pressure on your student your student will break and many after they break they won't come back they won't find the desire to learn they won't find the passion in education as a whole and like learning as a whole and if that is something like everybody says knowledge is power once you break the will to want knowledge, you break the chain of power. And then you have the growth in minority. Then you have the growth and separation of education and people and job opportunities, opportunities as a whole. You break that chain, you break the connection, you lose the people. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You guys have something you want to share really quick and then I'm gonna wrap us up. Just a really quick little thing. I feel like students should or I feel like we should be able to learn for knowledge not learn for remembering okay. good point well thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity to come and chat with you
today, I do want to come back and have another conversation before all of the seniors graduate in May. You have about four months, five months before you guys are graduating. And I'd just like to chat with you a little more to finish some of the conversation of what can we do better? I think we can always do some things better. I think we do things good, but we don't want to settle for good. We want to be the best. So I think there are things that we can begin to do better. So thank you guys and have a good afternoon, okay? Thank you.